the American Theatre Wing, and the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts bring you the American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre. This session, The Choreographer. Hello, I'm Pia Lindstrom with the American Theatre Wing, and with me is choreographer Susan Stroman. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, what are your responsibilities as a choreographer? Well, uh, as a choreographer, my responsibilities are to make it believable when somebody sings and dances in any story. And also, it's, it's to follow the view of the director and his vision. And it's to um, make sure, for me, it's to make sure that the story is always propelled forward by music and dance, rather than just stopping to be entertained. It's very important that my role is a storyteller also. So each dance is a story in and of itself? That's true. Every dance has a beginning and a middle and an end. And uh, for each show, it's, it's very different. But it's always about the story. I service the lyric and the plot and the character. And I'm there to help them, and I'm there to enrich their character and enrich the story and, again, make it believable that they sing and dance. Are you a dancer yourself? Oh, sure, yeah. I've been in a dancing school since I was about five and, and uh, took piano lessons and guitar lessons. So uh, I grew up in a very musical household. My father uh, was and still is a wonderful piano player. So. so the things you need to know are music. Yes. How to read music. Yes, absolutely, and understand it and understand really uh, time signature and, and styles also because when I choreograph, part of what I do is, is a major amount of research. I, I immerse myself in the decade in which the show takes place and also the geographical area. For example, um, in Showboat, uh, people dance very differently from the north than they do from the south. And also, uh, Showboat goes uh, through you know, 27 years or more of different uh, dance styles that need to be applied for historical reasons because Showboat is more of an epic musical. Something like Crazy Few taking place in the 30s and uh, the people who dance in the East dance very differently from the people who dance in the West. So it's, it's making sure I immerse myself in that time period and also the, the area where it takes place. Where do you find this research? You can't see these <laughs> dances being done. Well, I, it, you know, I read up on the times. I read up on the sociological times. And, and actually, there is research on dance, his, his, uh, history books on dance. And, but also, uh, it, it seems to come out of me naturally. I, I, um, I studied dance my whole life, but I studied many styles of dance. So um, I studied ballet and tap and jazz and ballroom, and, and I um, uh, can adapt my own body into many different styles. So for me, if I just know in reading what uh, the script calls for, I can actually make myself become that character and dance that character's story. Do you become each character, then each person? I do, when I'm in a pre-production studio by myself. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah, I, I imagine what that person would do if that person was in that situation and had to dance. Do you think you have a sing uh, signature style yourself? Well, I know I have a very rhythmic style. Mm -hmm. uh, even when I'm doing a lyrical ballet, it has um, essence of rhythm in it. And that's very much uh, a part of my choreography because I feel that's very human. And uh, variations on rhythm can mean different things, you know, passion, 
and uh, or it can mean anger or it can mean happiness and and just the way rhythm is dealt with or even in, in uh, for example time signature music for something like in in uh, crazy few um, shall we dance if I want them to be passionate with each other I'll have that melody put into three-quarter time if I want them to chase each other, I'll have it put into a fast two. Three-quarter time is more passionate? Sure. Than a two-two, yes. <laughs> and if I want them to be shy and coy with each other, I'll mm -hmm. have that melody put into sort of a soft shoe rhythm. And the, the changing of the time signature of the music helps me choreograph the right emotion for that character. So part of what I do as a choreographer is also develop the music for the dance. Well, how can you do that? Doesn't the composer come with a song and say this is the music? And yes, he does, but he comes with a, a song with a sort of a structured A-A-B-A song or a complete melody. And then my job with, with that composer or with that dance arranger is to then open that up for the vision of dance. And we take and take that melody and then either turn it into three-quarter time or, or, as I said before, tutu or soft shoe or even a Mexican hat dance if we needed to. And, uh, and then that melody becomes supportive of that emotion and that time signature supports that emotion of that character. What if it's already uh, music that's been written? It's, it's Gershwin, it's Richard Rodgers, something that's already established. Well, even for something like um, uh, Gershwin, that a state allowed me to change uh, the the dance music. So I would start out with with the song I've Got Rhythm. I Got Rhythm. And I only had that song, that short song, I Got mm -hmm. Rhythm. But then I opened it up for uh, with a 12-minute number with our, my dance arranger, Peter Howard. And what he did was then take that melody and arrange it so pickaxes could fly through the air and people could do a stop time section and hear the taps on a mining pan. So it's developed that way. And, uh, and even in the Oklahoma that I did for uh, the Royal National Theater, the Rogers and Hammerstein estate allowed me to redo all the dance music for the Dream Ballet. Because in this particular Oklahoma, there is no Dream Curly or Dream Laurie or Dream Judd. They actually dance the Dream Ballet, and that separates it from most Oklahomas. And, uh, for example, when uh, Laurie and Curly dance together, I have them dance to people who will say we're in love and in three-quarter time, because it's very romantic. <laughs> I'll have to remember that. Three-quarter yes. time is romantic. What's angry? Angry is pretty... <laughs> what rhythm is pretty angry? a big four-pounding rhythm with the bass drum, probably. Oh, okay. it's, good. it's good to know that. Do you prepare everything before you meet with your dancers? Do you have it in your mind, or do you do. improvise when you, they're standing around? Well, a little bit of both. In fact, before I, I start rehearsal, I do have the whole show choreographed in my head and in my mind. But I take that in there and don't actually share that information with a lot of the dancers because I'll give them something and if I see immediately that they would do that step better if they turn to the left or the right I will allow it to go that way so although I have it choreographed I go in with a, a very free mind to then develop it with them and on them ultimately it will always be better if they feel as if they're making it up themselves if they feel as if it's coming from them so if I have a base and I know what I need to see and help guide them, but let them go there naturally too. It'll ultimately give me the best result. So they need to feel that it's coming naturally. Yes, absolutely. Oh. What sometimes when you go there, do you ever have a dancer or a person who can't dance? Can you oh, teach yes. them to move? <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, yes, most of the time, there's <laughs> I'm my lead usually can't, can't dance. dance. What do you um, do then? 
Well, the thing is, uh, if they have rhythm, I can get them to do anything. They have to do have rhythm, though. For example, Matthew Broderick is not a dancer, In but he producers. does a huge dance number called I Want to Be a Producer. And he pulls it off beautifully because he acts his way through it. And also, he has great rhythm. So he was able to do steps that, that to um, an untrained eye would look like a dance step, but it's really more just a rhythm step. And he's able to pull that off because he's very musical. So, so you think you could actually make anybody who had a little sense of rhythm look like a dancer on stage? Sure, sure. Craig Bierko, who did our Music Man, is not a dancer, but certainly he's very musical. And uh, teaching him how to to work his way through 76 trombones, you know, uh, it, because that choreography is based on um, almost a Pied Piper idea where the music man does something, the children do it, and then the adults do it. So till soon the whole town becomes uh, inf infected with music and dance. You know? What comes first, the idea or the music? The music for me comes first uh, when I'm choreographing, of course. Um, I have a great passion for music. Uh, ever, ever since I was a little girl, I would visualize music, whether it be rock and roll or classical piece or an old standard. I would imagine hordes of people dancing through my head. <laughs> and I have to say, I still do to this day. Um, it's, it's, I don't find music a relaxing entity. <laughs> I have, you know, the dance of the sugar plum fairy is always in my head. But. Uh, uh, since I have a great passion for music and I understand music and I, I actually um, get very emotional at music, it really does come first. And then making uh, the music support the dance um, is, is everything to the success mm -hmm. of anything I choreograph. But when you look at those old Fred Astaire movies, really, if you really mm -hmm. look at and listen to the music, that music is there to support his dance steps. They develop those melodies and they develop those arrangements to support Astaire's choreography. So the, the steps came before the music? Well, kind of at or the same time. Um, uh, let's see, for example, um, in uh, The Producers, Nathan Lane, his character, a part, part of um, Mel Brooks, the success of his humor is based on a lot of cliched <laughs> moments. And part of his opening, Nathan's opening song as Max Bialystok is, um, I am the king of Broadway. I used to be the king of Broadway. And uh, what happens is they all hook on, uh, the denizens of Broadway get all riled up by Max Bialystok's proclamation that he, he wants, he will again be king, that they all hook up into a big horror across mm. the stage, sort of <laughs> supporting Max Bialystok's ethnic background. Yes, <laughs> and yes. and uh, they become, it becomes like a, a real, uh, almost a wedding, <laughs> a celebration <laughs> of his proclamation that he will be on top again. So it's, it's, um, it, that sort of happens at the same time. I know that I want it to look like mm -hmm. that. I know I want it to look celebratory. So in my mind, I have steps that will do that. And then I developed the music with my dance arranger, for example, that was Glenn Kelly. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we developed that that's the song and dance together in a studio by ourselves before we see anybody. What's the a dance arranger? You're the choreographer. Who's the dance arranger? Well, he's the piano player. He's oh. like a rehearsal pianist, but a real unsung hero in any production. He um, he takes he works with the composer and helps open them the, up the melodies with the choreographer. 
to, to make huge arrangements. And do you have assistants as well? Yes, sure. To help remember some, all the yeah. steps? Or what does the assistant do? <laughs> to help, well, lifts me up in the air for one thing, and, uh, and also to help remember the steps, absolutely, yes. Do you use notation? How do you mark down steps? Well, ultimately, yes. When, I, when I'm choreographing, no, it's mainly my head. And as I teach, uh, assistants and dance captains will write down for their, um, for their own uh, mm. future of maintaining the show, they write down everything I say about the motivation of a step and everything I do. Ultimately, every, every show that I do, though, has a choreographic Bible or a choreography mm -hmm. Bible. Mm -hmm. And um, some are bigger than others. I know the one for Music Man, because there are 48 people, is, is about Seriously. this thick. And the one for Showboat is two big books because yes. there were like a hundred people in that show. And you have here Crazy Fear. And I have here Crazy Fear as an example. <laughs> yes. So with each with each show, there's there is a, a Bible, and uh, for example, we were talking about Shall We Dance before, which is a, a dance between Bobby and Polly, our two leads. So this is Could You Use Me? Shall We Dance? And I have up here what props are needed for the number. And uh, these are the lyrics here, and then mm -hmm. it tells you what they do during the lyrics. Uh, have some pity on an Easterner. Bobby blocks her exit from the saloon doors. Show a little sympathy. Sings conversationally and easily. No one possibly could be sterner. Bobby, Bobby's body shifts slightly upstage near the unit, allowing a possible path for Polly. So this whole, I, I, everything, every lyric is, is broken down. Then when we get to the dance, we start to dance, and all it's broken down in different sections. For example, here's a, a, a step that's well-known from that number. We call it the floor spin. And here it, it matches up to bar 154 in the music. And, uh, and it says, they now begin the floor spin. This lasts for six counts of six. They spin with their hands crossed like children playing. Both Polly and Bobby need to lean back and feel the resistance. Only then can the floor spin begin. And then it breaks down how they, they do it. And then I have a little picture of what it looks like in the beginning. Like. So this is the floor spin. Now, you do this in order to help you remember or so that when you go on the road with the show, you can yes. and give the it show, to somebody? Well, mainly so the show can be maintained. It's very important um, that a show is maintained to me, very important. And so I was, we need to have a very strong dance department, dance captains. And, and I go and check on the shows myself, of course. But... Um, I'll never forget when I first came to New York, I went to see a musical, and it was about a year in its run, and I didn't feel um, it was being performed the way it should be performed or maintained. And I thought to myself, that will never happen with any show that I ever do. So it's very important to me that I have a Bible that people mm -hmm. can refer to. And I think actors, too, uh, love to know that someone is there for them and watching them and has the right information. So I do make sure it's all written down. There are charts also um, that show, like for example, this is in I Got Rhythm with the pickaxe. They spin around on a pickaxe. And then this is the... Did you think up that, the, the pickaxe? Sure. This came to you yes. in the middle of the night? Or when would you, Wait, when would you this know, occur to you? For example, that is though always an extension. Whenever I use a prop, it's an extension of a character. So um, in Crazy Few, the men are, are miners. It's a motley group of <laughs> miners that, uh, in a mining town. And there's a feed store on the stage. 
And at the end of Act One, our lead guy Bobby says, oh, "I've I've done you all wrong, and I'm going back to New York. I didn't and I I didn't succeed." And and the miners say to him, "No, this is what you gave us. You gave us rhythm. You you showed us how to sing and dance, and you brought life back to the town because it's about how theater renews mm -hmm. a town mm -hmm. in Dead Rock, Nevada. And by doing this, they they use things that are extensions of their own characters. So they use pickaxes or mining pans." Or shovels, or in the producers, the little old ladies who use their walkers. walkers. Yes, which of course everybody yeah. howled when, when we first saw that. How did that idea occur to well, you? Well, the walkers really—that's you know, because we were talking, and Mel said, you know, Mel again, Brooks. Mel Brooks <laughs> says uh, again, part of the success of Mel's humor is based on that very cliched ultimate vision of what that person should be, and he, he sees a little old lady with a walker or canes. So, um, you know, we, we got together and I, I brought some walkers into a rehearsal studio by myself with my assistants and I did everything I could possibly do on a walker. <laughs> so and you had to practice it I had first to practice. yourself <laughs> yes. in the studio. Absolutely. You, you mentioned assistants. Do you hire your assistants and your dance captain yourself? Well, I cast them. My dance captains are usually uh, in the show as swing dancers or understudies. And uh, my assistant maintains the show, works with stage management to maintain. Okay. So, but you have like a staff that yes. you work with. And Absolutely. how many are in that staff? Well, it would be my, my assistant and then two dance captains. Okay. Mm -hmm. You were going to mention something else? Well, this else? would be also the charts. It shows where everybody is on the stage and the set. So with each choreographic Bible also, it would say Mitzi's on number five and Patsy's on number five and Polly's on center. So that just helps people too. If an actor is being replaced in a show, mm -hmm. they can go to this book and say, oh, well, I'm on number five for the pickaxe spin. So, you mean so it's very they're clear. They're injured doing your choreography? Is this happening? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know these, these charts are, are, are very important. This is a uh, what I refer to as the folly circle in, in Crazy For You, and it just shows how everybody's circled around Bobby. And then it shows a picture of what that looks like. It's oh, girls on top of the pickaxes there. I see. And then they I go see. around in that circle. But it always helps, because uh, invariably when a show runs for a while, all of a sudden an actor will be on the wrong spot on the stage. And you could say no, and you can refer back to the book. It was originally here. You need to get yourself back here. And, and if an actor sees that that's what it was, you know, they, they accept that. So it's, it's very helpful to um, have all the original motivation and ideas and dance steps written down for anybody. How do you know when you're seeing bad choreography? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, if, if, it's, if choreography is not um, feeling successful uh, to an audience when they're watching. I think it might have to do with not um, supporting the story mm. or not supporting the character. For me, it always has to be about supporting the character and, again, all, always about propelling uh, the plot forward. For example, in, in the Shall We Dance that I just showed you in Crazy For You, um, Bobby and Polly meet and they dance, they fall in love and kiss at the end. So I did that through the dance. That does not, now it doesn't have to be written, I love you or I'm falling in love with you. It's all done through choreography. So it goes forward, and now we can get on with the show further without having to write about it because it's done through the dance. Who hires you? The director 
or the producer. For example, um, uh, Hal Prince hired me for Showboat. Mike Ockrent hired me for Crazy Few, mm -hmm. and uh, Trevor Nunn hired me for the Royal National Theatre's Oklahoma. So it's usually that the producer comes, finds you, and he yes. finds you how? Because he's seen other things you've done? Yes, or? it's a bit of a catch-22. Uh, I was uh, very fortunate to get uh, Crazy Few because I had um, an off-Broadway show called The World Goes Round mm -hmm. running. That was five people, and it was very successful, and it had comedy in it, a lot of comedy numbers because it was Candor Neb. Mm -hmm. And I had that, and also I had I'd done one of Liza's big shows at Radio City Music Hall. So it was the combination of the splash of that show oh, at Radio City and then the off-Broadway intimate show of The World Goes Around that, that the director, Mike Ockrent, thought mm -hmm. I would be right for Crazy Few. So it's, uh, but in the case of, um, for example, the revival of The Music Man that's on right now, uh, that was a producer came to me, uh, Michael David of The mm -hmm. Dodgers. and. Uh, um, and in the case of uh, Contact, which, which is interesting, the producer, uh, Andre Bishop of Lincoln Center, the artistic director mm -hmm. of Lincoln Center, came to me and said, if you have an idea, I will help you develop it. So okay. he didn't come to me with a show or ask me. He just said, what would you like to do? We will help you develop it. Lincoln Center is a wonderful place to develop new pieces. So that was another way something was uh, created. What educational background does a choreographer need? Well, the thing is for, I think music is very important to understand music. And also, uh, to be a choreographer in the theater is very different to be a choreographer for a dance company. Mm -hmm. When I choreograph for ballet or for a modern company, those dancers, when they dance that choreography, they are dancing the role of every man. When you mm -hmm. choreograph for the theater, you're choreographing for a particular man, a particular character, so it's very different. In the theater, too, um, you do have to do that research on those different time periods and decades. Um, the music man is in 1912, 1915. The uh, producer's in 1950. Contact is in uh, today, is in, you know, the year 2000. So they would have different ways of moving, you're saying? Absolutely, different ways of moving. and. Uh, also, the way um, women would dance with a bustle and a long skirt would be very different from the way women would dance with uh, flappers and fringe, you know. So actually, the, the, um, the sociological changes that happen across our country or in Europe actually affect dance and affect the way people dance with one another. So a person should study sociology and <laughs> history. <laughs> well, I think so. I think the more you know about everything, you know, I think the better off you are and the more... I find just even in, in traveling, I understand uh, people more and I'm able to apply that to, to my work. Do you watch the way people move on the streets? And sure. Oh, you do? I think as a role, uh, as a director or as a choreographer, part of what, what, what you do is observe people and um, imagine. You know, I imagine what people are doing in a restaurant, a couple at a table, mm -hmm. and I imagine their life and, and what they're thinking. And, and I think that's part of what we do is... is uh, imagine what people's lives are like or what they're thinking when I watch them. So yes, we, we, are, we are observers uh, by nature, I think. What are some of the other qualities that choreographers have, besides being observers and having big notebooks? <laughs> big notebooks. <laughs> well, I think um, uh, the thing is, it's, you know, collaboration is really the key to any musical, to the success of any musical. So I think having that um, 
that sort of knowledge of how to collaborate. Mm. Um, some people can't quite um, let go of some of their own ideas mm -hmm. to hear other ideas. And I think you really have to be open to um, how everybody thinks on the creative team. It's a miracle a musical gets up. And, uh, you know, it's a choreographer, a director, a music director, a set designer, costume designer, lighting designer, and the actors. And it's making sure you listen to everybody. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it needs to be one person's vision, and that is indeed the director's, and everybody has to be under that. But you have to make sure that you understand other people's departments, too. Mm -hmm. I could do the most beautiful dance step in the world, but if it's not lit correctly, uh -huh. it won't matter. I could do the most beautiful dance step in the world, but if they don't have the right costume on the person, <laughs> it'll take me down. You know. So, so then, are you responsible for going to the lighting man or the costume designer? Sure. Yeah. And, and saying, and saying you're not helping me. Well, I. <laughs> I don't, don't say it quite like that, but I do say... So you have to be diplomatic. Di yes, diplomacy is really the key to collaboration. But uh, it's certainly saying to somebody like William Ivy Long, a wonderful costume designer, that I need a yellow dress that, that will stop traffic. And it has to be the right color yellow so it looks beautiful and cautious. And uh, it has to be the right kind of material that can be lifted in the air and not slippery for when the men lift her. And it has to be the right cut and the right style that, that looks very classy and sophisticated. So now William takes that information and he makes me a wonderful yellow dress that has now gone into theater history. <laughs> right. It's in contact. Yes. And a beautiful girl in the yellow dress. We all think if we had that yellow dress, it looks so good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> should sell that dress. I it? know. <laughs> well, what other things should a person study, uh, do you think, in school? What kind of degree should they go for? Well, any kind of dance, of course, but yeah. all sorts of dance. It's not... Um, some people just focus on the one, either modern or ballet, but it's good to immerse yourself in different dance styles. Mm -hmm. It's, also, it's al always good to, to base, uh, ballet will always um, make you strong and technically strong, but it's good to introduce yourself to other dance forms. And then uh, also uh, music, you know, to try to understand music and, and try to listen to different types of music. You'll always have your favorite and you'll always be attracted, more attracted to whether it's classical or an old standard or, or, um, or, or musical comedy, you know. But uh, it, it's good to open your mind up to different uh, types of music, too. The more you let in, more information, even though you are loving some particular dance form or loving some particular type of music, the more you let in, uh, it will stimulate your mind and, and you will develop in ways you never thought. How do you know you're a choreographer or a dancer? When does that moment come when you say, I think I'm well, a choreographer? I think, I think um, for me, it was I always wanted to be a choreographer. Oh. Um, so it's different, I know, for some people. Uh, but I think that has to do with that, that um, obsessive picturing of, oh. of um, you know, my mind, uh, my imagination of, of uh, almost like a painter. Mm. I imagine myself like a painter and then making beautiful pictures that just happen to move. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a different mindset. Someone who wants to be a dancer loves it because they love to perform. And, and that is very different than uh, someone who wants to be a, a painter. Mm -hmm. And I, I think one knows it, you know, just because um, 
you become a dancer and then maybe someday you're tired of dancing doesn't necessarily mean you will make a good choreographer. Or you get older and you can't yeah, and dance. You, can you, dance. you can't automatically become a choreographer. No. They're I, two they're different. Very, they're different. They're very different. But to be a choreographer, you absolutely have to understand dance. And you have to, I feel, have been a dancer. Sometimes choreographers become directors, like yes. you've done. Yes. Uh, when does the moment come when you say, I'm not a choreographer, <laughs> but I'm a director? Well, I think, um, for me, I'm a storyteller. And I've always been a writer of dance. And um, what I do when I work with a director is help make sure that um, where the dance begins and the scene begins is seamless. So they can, they can do a dance, and then they can sing a song, and then they can do a scene, and it all looks like it's done by one person or one mind, or it looks like it's made up by the actors. Mm -hmm. And um, so my role um, going into becoming a director was quite natural, because what I had done as a choreographer was always support that idea of directing the actors towards their scene work or towards their next okay. moment when they're passed off to the director. So uh, I think it was something that felt like a natural stepping stone. I feel quite fortunate that my career was like stepping stones, that each show that I did made me stronger to do the next show. Mm -hmm. And it, whether that show was um, a financial success or not, it was always an artistic success mm -hmm. for me because I was always able to take a little bit of what I learned and then apply it to the next show. And I think that's what you really have to do when, when you do a show. You always have to take a little bit of what you learned from that show and apply it to the next. And it's been like I've been getting over this big river on these stones, and each show has helped me balance to the next stone. And it, it was very natural for me to move into directing. Also, I love to um, work with actors, and I think that's important, too, You know, because even... Um, as an artist yourself, you uh, are only as good as, as your tools. Mm -hmm. And my tools are those actors, and, and it's getting the best out of those actors. And that, that's very, very important. Are you ever afraid of them? I mean, sometimes you've worked with some very <laughs> important people, I mean, Mel, even Mel Brooks, I mean, sometimes. Well, no, I think, um, I think this is what we talked about before mm -hmm. about diplomacy. And yes. You know, it's that, that in itself is a dance. You know, some people call it diplomacy. I think I'd call that dance, too. But um, it's, uh, yes, I have worked with some eccentric characters. And, uh, but I think if, if uh, you come in with um, uh, being able to communicate to them and being able to articulate what you think is right and then listening to their ideas, too, it has to be about being open to their ideas mm -hmm. but also being strong about your own. And... Um, and trying things. I think if uh, someone on your creative team is, is <clears throat> you know, very determined to say that this is right, we need to try this, you absolutely have to try it. You know? mm -hmm. And the thing is, even if you think it's wrong, there will be something from that moment you'll be able to take to, to make, uh, to, and, and apply to make the moment right. Have you ever had bad uh, collaborative teams that you couldn't work with? I've, uh, yes, I've been in a situation where, where someone was quite stubborn and, and, and because of that uh, didn't fare so well. You know? But uh, all you can do is, is communicate with them and all you can do is, is try to, um, t to keep the atmosphere open and, 
and uh, and free and and uh, it's a it's quite a round table experience mm -hmm. making a musical very different from like being a sculptor where they can sit alone and and um, and do what they want mm -hmm. you know you do need to hear it's 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 so many departments coming together to make one moment work and you need to listen to everyone are there schools of choreography can you study it somewhere <laughs> I don't think there are schools. I think there are. It's it's good for a choreographer to just know about each department. Mm -hmm. So if one is in college, one needs to not only take their dance class, but one should take a lighting course and an acting course and uh, a singing course. The more you know about what you're trying to uh, teach to people, mm -hmm. the better off you're going to be as as a protector as a um, uh, someone who is guiding you through a show. Are you in a union? Yes, I am in the SSDNC, which is the Directors and Choreographers Union. Yes, and uh, that was started actually by Bob Fosse. And, great uh, choreographer. Yes, great choreographer. He's done very well by us, and uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful union. And what they do is, is um, they protect us with um, with uh, sort of copyrights for our choreography, and and uh, they they guide us in 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 um, how to deal with contracts and uh, rehearsal processes. And how can you copyright steps that all human beings make? How can you say that's well, my step? Well, the thing is, it's it's uh, not all human beings make <laughs> steps with pickaxes. That's true. You see, <laughs> well, that was yes. The <laughs> yes. So it's 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 finding uh, you know that. Uh, it's, it's making it applied to the particular show, and then it's copyrighted. Do they have apprentice programs in the union? Is that a they way to do. start? They do. Uh, it's a wonderful place to start. They have observerships. So every mm -hmm. time I've done a show, I've had someone observe who has been from the union, a young dancer, a young aspiring uh, choreographer. And it's wonderful because they get to see all of us in action, not only me, but they see what it takes from everybody to put on a musical. Is there another good way to start after you've finished your college training where, where would you recommend somebody go well the thing is the the more most um, yeah, sort of experience you can get and you know even in in people's own community theaters and in their dinner theaters in their area oh. you know they should start there and and the more in, um, just experience they get working with people and uh, working with um, shows that are established like revivals and things, uh, before they try to create something of their own, mm -hmm. the better off they will be when they want to come to New York. Does it take you a long time to choreograph a number? Uh, mm -hmm. It does. It, uh, the details of it, you know, the richness of it. Um, for example, in Contact, there is the, the dance that the girl in the yellow dress does with the character Michael Wiley. Mm -hmm. That's one piece of choreography. But then there are seven other couples. Each couple has their own backstory. One couple's from Brooklyn. One couple's from Westchester. But we don't know that. You don't know that. But, but you they, know that. I know that. And in they the, dance, I mean, we in the audience. But that makes them dance in a certain way. Oh. And so each couple then has to be choreographed individually. So to do one number uh, from contact takes quite a long time because you were dealing with each couple individually. Whereas um, something like... Um, I'm trying to think in, uh, let's see. In well, the, 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 all the old ladies, with, old the, ladies the, with the walkers. They all do about the same. They you didn't the have same. them from each 
Yes, place, so they all so no, they all do the same thing. So that choreographing that number goes quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Although then cleaning it and making sure they're all together on the right number and everything is, takes a while. But the actual choreography of that does go quicker than something from contact. So d describe a little how it happens. You you collect all your dancers. They've been hired. You don't hire the dancers, or do you hire the dancers? Yes, we have auditions. And so you, it, you're responsible for yes. all the dancers. Yes, absolutely. And if you're the director, you're responsible for hiring all the actors. Yes, but but you'd sort of do it together. Because um, uh, when I hire the dancers, also they still have to be cleared by the director to make sure it's his vision, also. Because each each show show that you do, the dancers look a little different, you know, the um, uh, and, and have different abilities. For example, all the dancers and the producers had to sing, dance, and tell a joke. Oh. So they all had to be funny. Oh, funny dancers! You know. <laughs> all the dancers who are auditioning for Oklahoma have to sing, do ballet, and tell an American monologue. This is very different. Oh, I see. Yeah. All the dancers in contact have to look urban and sophisticated and very sensual. I see. So each, each dancer has to, or group of dancers, has to have something about the way they look or the mm -hmm. way they act that will make their um, presence in the show heightened. So you have the, all these people now that you've selected standing there in the room, and they say, what, what now? <laughs> How do you go about Well, we, I, I pretty much start from the beginning of the show to the end. Also, I try to find a choreographic journey in each show. Um, uh, for example, like in The Music Man, the, the choreography is very Pied Piper-ish. The Music Man comes to a town. In the opening number, I, they don't move. They're very stiff, stubborn Iowans. As the show goes on, the music man starts to do a dance step and then teaches the children and then, and then the adults hook on. So by the second act, when they're all doing shapoopy, they're all dancing with great abandon. So that has a choreographic journey. In something like far, um, uh, Oklahoma, the choreography is based on the idea of fighting for one's territory and in, in America. So the choreography is all about, can you top this? And, and based on fighting and based on, um, um, it's very masculine. Mm -hmm. So the, even with the women, the pioneer women, the choreography is much more masculine. So it has that kind of theme. So I look for the theme uh, in the choreography also. In, in Crazy Few, Bobby Child starts out doing sort of a, a frivolous tap dance. And by the end of the show, he does a very lyrical uh, dance to Nice Work If You Can Get It when he realizes what life is all about. So it, it, it's finding that choreographic mm -hmm. journey also. Is there any difference between men and women choreographing things? Um, as choreographers? Yes. No, I, people I think respond differently to a male choreographer than a female I, choreographer? I think, no, I think that that person needs to be able to understand what it's like to dance like a man, mm -hmm. and they have to understand what it's like to dance like a woman. Mm. So, uh, and that's very important for me to, to understand that. And, um, and there's no problem of a woman telling a man, or, or do you demonstrate the steps? Yes, so, I do demonstrate the steps. And, and, and there, there's no miscommunication that way between? Well, I try not to. As I say, uh, I try to be that character myself when I dance it to help <laughs> guide them. But then they will take what I give them and make it their own, and that's, that's what's important, allowing them to do that. How come you didn't want to do this yourself if you're playing all the parts here? <laughs> Well, I think because um, 
as I said before, I feel it's more, um, I feel more like a, an artist or a painter or a writer, mm -hmm. and it just happens that my writing moves and my painting moves. When did this first start? When did you notice this about yourself? Well, when I was little, growing up, as, as I said, my father played the piano, so there was great music in the household. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's hearing music and having that passion for music. And I, I would go into dancing school and, and learn my dance steps, but then I would come home and create my own. So when I came to New York, I came to become a choreographer and a director. What did you study before? You were in college before? Uh, yes, actually I was an uh, English New York and to be near Philadelphia. So I was very, uh, you know, I, I had theater near me. Mm -hmm. So I was able to go see a lot of theater growing up and, and, and loved it. But I got to, um, sort of being from Delaware, I got to be a big fish in a small pond there of mm -hmm. choreographing for community theaters and the colleges and the high schools and choreographing mm -hmm. even for the halftime shows you oh, know really? yes, <laughs> yes. the football games you know, you're yes, doing I, I can even twirl the baton oh. <laughs> I think that's why props come so easily to me because uh, you can toss me anything and I can deal with it with no problem it could be anything but uh, it was even growing up in high school and, and college it was reaching out to try to choreograph in, in uh, different theaters, and, and whether they were ed educational theaters or community theaters. You know. And when you got to New York, how did you get a job? What did well, you do? Well, I knew I couldn't come to New York and take over. I had to come as a song and dance gal, because I could oh. sing and dance. And, awesome. and it, 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 I can sing and dance, so I could come and, and make money that way and sort of assess the situation. And um, so I came as working in the chorus and dancing, and. And uh, but all the time wanting to uh, become a mm -hmm. choreographer and a director, but just I needed to f find out about the city, find out about the the people and the networking. Mm -hmm. And then one day I just decided I, I I couldn't be that anymore. It's difficult in New York to have a split focus, really. Mm -hmm. You know, people want you to be one thing or another right, here in America. Right, right. It's not like in. England, where you could be anything and write books, and you know, right. <laughs> you can still, you know, you can write a book and you can be a choreographer, a director, you can make movies. Here, they really want you to focus in with that American dream. So I focused in, and I, I, I didn't want to be known as a performer, and I, you know, um, ate many carrot, carrot sticks and uh, <laughs> diet cokes, and oh. uh, uh, started to uh, choreograph and direct um, club acts and mm -hmm. industrial mm -hmm. shows and commercials. So I started with small venues. And it was really, I, I, um, I was performing in a show called uh, Musical Chairs. It lasted about two weeks on Broadway. Didn't fare well. But I met a fellow there, a director named Scott Ellis. And mm -hmm. uh, he, he also was a performer that wanted to direct. And we had both worked, in can worked with Cantor Neb. Scott had done a show called The Rink, and I had done a show mm -hmm. called uh, Chicago. And, uh, we asked them if we could do an off-Broadway show called Floor of the Red Menace, which was a show that they had done. And we said, could we do a revival of this? Mm -hmm. We took it to the Vineyard Theater, and uh, I think we made about $300 or something. <laughs> but in fact, it, it was very successful and had a, kind of a cult following that summer. And it was that show that exposed me to the masses, or at least how Prince saw and Lies and Manelli saw and Candor Neb you know, saw and, and were a part of, and, and uh, I, I owe a lot to Candor and Eb actually for, for um, taking a chance on me. 
because then out of that came The World Goes Round, which was that off-Broadway show. I see, and then out of that, we worked on um, Steel Pier together. So uh, I owe a lot to them. Do you use a lot of workshops? Did you start out yourself working um, when you were... Uh, now now there tends to be more workshops than uh, than um, before, and I think that's that has to do a lot with finances. You know, I think investors are quite... Um, a little skittish about investing money, and they would love to see a little example of what you're thinking about doing. Right. So workshops have have uh, become quite abundant now, more so than then, and they're good. Uh, they actually do for choreographer. They help you work out a lot of stuff before you go into a real rehearsal where what you decide on is, you know, if I decide on five pickaxes, each pickaxe probably costs $500 or something. Oh. So I have to make sure I got the right amount. So you can work this out, you know, in, in a workshop. Um, how is it decided how much a choreographer is paid? Are you paid a percentage? The union decides that uh, as far as they have a basic minimum fee in their contract. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but then what happens is a choreographer is paid a percentage of as, as the show runs, mm -hmm. and uh, what, the, what percent that is always varies on one's experience or, or one's, what one's role is. If it's a huge sh a show that's highly choreographed or a show that's just, um, you know, something like I did the dances for Picnic, a mm -hmm. roundabout picnic, and that was just one little dance, so that would be very different than, than choreographing. So what do they pay for one little dance, and what do they pay for if you're choreographing the whole thing? I mean, is there well, a range? Well, there is a range, and the un that's like what the union does. It helps you decide that. So it's, it's different with each show. Do you go on the road? To check on things, sure. Like, for example, I just went to check on, there's a, a national tour of contact, mm -hmm. and I went out there to check on them and to make sure that they were teched in, into mm -hmm. the, to the theater correctly, and and uh, check on them, and yeah. So no, I do. I do go check on things. When you say tech into the theater, what do you mean? Well, uh, for example, Contact right now plays at the Vivian Beaumont Theater, which is almost in the round. It's in three-quarter thrust, mm -hmm. so the choreography is done for an audience on three sides. But for the national tour, they don't have theaters like that around the country. We play in a proscenium house, which is a straight linear. So I've taken the choreography and made it more linear or more or flat. And uh, so I have to go to that theater. We opened in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and that changed the lighting, and it changed all the um, blocking. So it kind of had a domino effect. And uh, I just make sure that everybody's lit properly, and I work you know, with the set designer to make sure the set's a little different, of course. So it's just making sure everything fits in. So your choreography has to expand and contract, yes, depending on where you're <laughs> on going with it. Yes, especially when it tours, it does. Um, and, and we allow for that. We have numbers across the stage, downstage, and, and uh, some theaters there's less numbers, and some theaters there's more numbers, so we allow for that. What do you like best about what you do? Oh, I think, you know, I love working with uh, the actors, and um, it's, it's just wonderful to create. Uh, it's mm -hmm. very fulfilling, and also I love, um, you know, because the, the last element that one adds to the process is the audience. And the audience will let you know if something is right or something is wrong just by their breath. And I love sitting in the back of the house and, and um, hearing an audience laugh, like in the producers, or um, cry, like in mm -hmm. contact, you know, or, or just put their arms around one another and, uh, you know, and like in Crazy Few, you know. 
So I love when, a, when an audience is affected by mm -hmm. a piece of dance. And uh, it's just, it just very fulfilling for me. So I, I, um, I think it's that theater is a life force, and it's that, that life force that, that feeds me, not only with the actors, but also the audience. And I think that's what really I love about it most. Is it more exciting in the beginning, when you first come to the first day of rehearsal, or when the curtain goes up on the opening night? Oh, I think the first day of rehearsal is the most exciting. Oh, it is. Yeah, the beginning. I think so the very beginning, oh. because you're explaining why you're here and why you've brought everyone together, and and what you believe about this piece. And I think um, everybody's, you know, starting, uh, you know, with an empty slate, and and we're all going in it together. And I think that's the most exciting. Is it very competitive getting jobs? Are there a lot of choreographers around, or? Well, I think it, um, I've been very fortunate to uh, climb up the ladder here. So I mm -hmm. think it's, it's um, now I'm interested in creating, you know, pieces. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but sure, starting out. When you start? Start out, it's, you know, it, and it is that catch-22 about it's always good to have something for a producer or a director to see mm -hmm. in order to believe that you might be able to pull off their particular project. Mm -hmm. So, in fact, the more you can do, the more you can go, off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, someone's club act, the more you can uh, try to choreograph anything in the smallest venue, at least people will know that you have your, applied yourself and, and actually finished mm -hmm. something that, that you might be able to do their project. You know, so it's always, always good to know how small it is. Get out there and do it. Mm -hmm. you know? The other thing, too, is um, I don't think you can wait around and have someone uh, hire you. I think you have to go out and create your, your destiny in a way. Mm -hmm. Had I not said with Scott Ellis, let's go do Floor of the Red Menace, I wouldn't have gotten to meet Hal Prince, who also is a big part of uh, opening doors for me. He's and a great director a great and director, producer. A great producer. Both, so. And uh, you know, Hal saw my work and, and then asked me to do Don Giovanni at uh, New York City Opera, and then of course Showboat. But it's um, it's going out and and stirring up the work yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't wait around to be hired. Uh oh, that's <laughs> that's very hard. Well, what if you had to give some advice to somebody? I mean, is there anything else they ought to know? Yourself, really believe in your art, and 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 you feel you really have a calling for this. It is going out and and. Um, creating it, mm -hmm. creating the job yourself. You can't wait for somebody to call you up to ask you to choreograph a show. Who it's, are the big influences on you? you uh, choreographically? Yes, or I don't know, Fred Astaire, you mentioned well, sure. before. Yeah, I, I think even as a, a young child, I would, was able to watch a Fred Astaire movie and understand how um, he, he or Hermes Pan would choreograph that number to make it peak at a certain moment mm. to make it dramatic, whether he was falling in love with Ginger Rogers or whether he was mad at Ginger <laughs> Rogers. And, and also I was able to understand uh, how that music supported it and how the arrangement of that music supported the choreography. So I could recognize that as a, at a very young age, and I think that had a big influence on me. Also it was um, my family would make a big deal about 
Fred Astaire movies oh. and you know musicals, <laughs> and so it was a big big night at the house when, the, when those movies would come on. So and I think they they of course my mother and father had a big influence on me. Yes, but it sounds like your father particularly yes, because he was he is my musical. real music man. Yeah, he is your music, <laughs> he is my man, music so man. Is he your muse? Yes, I think so. <laughs> he helped you to. To, to really get started with this? Or? Yes, yeah, well, I think it's that it, uh, introducing me to music, of course, you know. But it's also, you know, I, I besides Fred Astaire, um, recognizing, uh, like, the work of Balanchine and his partnering and how romantic his partnering is. In the and, ballet. In the ballet world and, and how to apply that to musical theater. And then somebody like um, Jerome Robbins, who would... Uh, who it, with each show would come up with another style. His style for mm -hmm. Fiddler on the Roof is very different from his style for West Side Story. Mm -hmm. So how important it is for 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 you to support that story and, mm -hmm. and support the style of the story and and that was a great influence. Actually, watching movies could be a good way to learn about yes. choreography. Oh yeah, it those sounds. old musical movies are great. They're the best. But the best ones I think are the Fred and Ginger movies. They're the, <laughs> you can't beat those. What what, uh, what do you think that's about? Why? Well, I think uh, you know, uh, for the for the Fred and Ginger day, you know, there's nothing more romantic than two people in each other's arms, you yeah. know, and and uh, you know, since the twist happened, we've kind of lost that, you know, <laughs> here in America, um, and uh, uh, you know, to see that and see um, two people in love in each other's arms is is there's nothing like it, really. It sounds like you're a romantic. I think you so. You have yeah. a romantic streak yeah, in there. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Do you think a choreographer needs a bit of that, the uh, loving love? Yes, absolutely, because um, most musicals are about that, you know, and, or um, whether they're, they're about passion or, or whether about sweet love or, or lost love, you know, most musicals and, and most music, uh, the best songs in the world are about love. Why do you think that is? Why do human <laughs> beings do that? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I guess because there's nothing like it, really. Here. So, being in love. Thank you. That's very nice, and I appreciate it so much. Learned Thank so you. much about choreography. All right. Well, we'll have Thank to go you. out dancing together. Oh, what a great idea. <laughs> okay. I like that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We've been talking with choreographer Susan Stroman. For the American Theatre Wing, I'm Pia Lindstrom. The American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre is a project of the American Theatre Wing and the New York Public Library's Billy Rose Theatre Collection, Theatre on Film and Tape Archive.